Yay! I'm, I'm glad you're pleased by that. What the hell was that? That was the most delayed bottle drop ever. Well done. Well done. It's just mm-hmm. like that uh, tar experiment thing. Pitch. Pitch the experiment. Pitch experiment, yes. yes. Linking it all back to science. We missed it, yeah. Why am I linking it back to science? The guy died. I didn't. No, you didn't. Yet. Mm-hmm. No, but the guy that did the uh, there's a there's this experiment with this this liquid that's incredibly viscous and basically takes years and years to drop down, you know, like a like a water drop. Yeah, but smart. to do that, it takes years and years yeah. and years. About twenty years or something, isn't it? God, it's more than twenty. Is it about sixty? Isn't it? Yeah. It's not that long. Well, we'll, say, well, we'll, we'll say, they've, they've had video cams set up. We'll say 40 then, won't we? And webcams. It's, it's a fucking long time. It's yeah. measured in years between each drop. So so that's why, you know, slow, that's, that's the reference we're making there. So, yes. So it's beer o'clock and time for drunken time travel. Yes, and on my left, a man who is so cool you can literally witness the third law of thermodynamics. It's Irish Gav Brown. Hello. And on my right, a man so laid back, he's used to check spirit levels are flat. It's English Gautier. If you want to contact us about this show or anything else, we're at uh, drunkentimetravel at gmail.com, uh, at drunktimetravel on the Twitter sphere, or at Facebook on Facebook. Indeed, Our official Tedious Link beer today is Coors Light. Why? <laughs> Well, we'll find out later in the show. Today we're doing the Ice Warriors. Yes. You may have seen them recently in the uh, 11th Doctor show. So there's that. If you did indeed watch it. If you did indeed watch it. If you didn't, what is going on? And this is their origin story. It is indeed. I feel like. Sort of. It's their first appearance. It's their first appearance. Not the origin story. It's their first, as you say, Gav... Appearance. So, please, Mr. Synopsis, won't you synopsize? Episode 1. In the far future, Earth is undergoing another ice age. Apparently, scientists decided to start a war with plant life for some reason and douse the world with herbicides. Then, completely unexpectedly, this fucked everything up and now we're in an ice age. So much for global warming. Commander Clent is leading a project to control the glaciers with a device called an ionizer. Without one of their expert scientists, Penley, they are struggling to get it working properly. One scientist, archaeologist Arden, not too bothered about the project, is outside with Team Smiley, searching the glaciers for artefacts, <laughs> and finds a frozen man with a helmet entombed within the glacier. I think there's an F on his forehead. I don't think it stands for frozen. As they retrieve the frozen body, they are watched by Team Beard consisting of science quitter Penley and Storley Stupid. An avalanche occurs and Storm breaks his arm. Also a member of Team Smiley dies. But if there's one thing you learn in Team Smiley, it's how to smile in every situation. The Doctor then turns up in time to fix their machinery, just before it explodes, whilst Victoria casually mentions her dislike of Africa. With the frozen body, with the frozen body back at base, the Doctor deduces that it's an alien trapped during the previous ice age. Whilst nobody's looking, the alien thaws out and his scaly hands start to move. Disclaimers. 
there wasn't an F on his forehead. Also, anthropogenic climate change is a real thing. Get over it. I'm very pleased by your ability to say anthropogenic. I am. I also realised halfway through that sentence I needed to say it. <laughs> and it's a good job you managed to say it also. That was luck. Episode 2. The alien grabs Victoria and sweeps her off her feet. Literally. Or is... I don't know anymore since the OED changed its meaning. Apparently words don't mean things anymore. In a different room, they've figured out that there's a spaceship in the mountain. That its core is atomic powered and its and the ionizer will cause it to explode. And how to calculate an electron's position given its velocity. They couldn't figure out what literally means though. <laughs> Meanwhile, the alien, an ice warrior, tells Victoria he's from Mars and needs her help to find his shipmates before he can return home. Oh wait, is that second thoughts? He's found out about the whole literal thing and now he might just take over planet Earth instead. As a convincer, he's got a sonic gun that can burst your brain with noise. Fancy name for an MP3 player with Justin Bieber on it if you ask me. Elsewhere, Penley's treating Star the Stupid's arm. But he's not as stupid as other scientists who somehow thought getting rid of all the plant life could be a good idea. Anyway, he sneaks back to the base to pick up some medicine, avoiding Beauty and the Beast, but bumping into the Doctor. After this encounter, he returns to Stupid and tells him he may return to Sciency. Back with Beauty and the Beast, Victoria has given Varga the Ice Warrior a power pack, and they've gone off to the mountain where he finds his shipmates encased in ice. The moral this time is, stop making things not mean things anymore, or aliens will invade. Episode 3 while Jamie and Arden go on a recon mission, Penler returns from watching the Ice Warriors, just as Miss Garrett arrives to see if she can get him to return to sciencing. But he decides to remain with Team Beard. He does however tell her about his Omega Factor notes before heading back out of the cave so he can stalk the Ice Warriors some more. Varga has now revived his shipmates and has made a cave to trap unsuspecting humans. Not Penler though, he's still watching. Penler sees all. Jamie and Arden didn't though and get shot. Penley takes Jamie back to Beard HQ, but Arden is dead. Back at the base, Miss Garrett gives Doctor the Omega Factor notes and he finishes the equations to fix the ionizer. Now it's time for Victoria Houdini as she escapes captivity again, and after finding Arden, uses his radio to tell the Doctor where she is, which is apparently a cave. Brilliant. The Ice Warriors seeing this, switch on a laser turret thing which must still be frozen solid the amount of time it takes to weigh me to The moral of this story is, if you're going to set a trap for someone in Doctor Who, use a cave. It's like opinion on the internet, no one can resist. Episode 4 Whilst aiming at Victoria, Varga and Zondel argue over who would win in a fight, humans or ice warriors, and also whether they should destroy Victoria or keep her as bait. They decide to send ice warrior Turok out to capture her. Come on, Chirruk, here's your chance to shine. He chases Victoria through the ice caves, but thanks to her using the old standing next to something method of hiding, Chirruk walks straight past. Oh dear, not off to a great start. He does eventually corner Victoria, though, till she causes a mini avalanche over him. In one last ditch attempt to save his honour, he catches Victoria in a vice like grip. Back at base, the Doctor decides he can't stand idiot commander any longer and heads off to turn himself over as a prisoner to the Ice Warriors. On his way, he meets Science Quitter, who is stalking the Ice Warriors again, 
and takes him to Jamie, who can't walk. Store the stupid, meanwhile, has gone for a walk and bumps into Victoria and rescues her. Well, if you call rescuing her, taking her to the Ice Warriors. He wants to help them destroy the scientists, but Varga kills him for not being a scientist himself. I think I like these guys. The Doctor then goes to the ship to turn himself in, but refuses to answer the question, Who are you? Good job he didn't answer this, or there may have been no need for the current arc of Doctor Who. Anyway, Varga threatens to depressurise the room, and that's the end. The moral of this story is, don't be a shitty boss, or you might just lose your best scientist and the Doctor. Episode 5 Obviously not wanting to die, the Doctor reluctantly answers the simple question, and they have a friendly chat until he mentions that the Ionizer isn't a weapon after all, and will actually free their ship. They seem upset they didn't tell them this. Maybe they hadn't started attacking them in the first place? Turns out they got upset over nothing, as freeing the ship would cause the melting ice to destroy their engines anyway. Now they want to know about the human's fuel source, which the Doctor tells them they have the right kind of. During this he subtly tells Clent, who was listening in the communicator, to use the ionizer no matter what. But the idiot commander ignores this because the computer says so. Meanwhile, Jamie and Science Quitter go back to the base to argue with Machine Slave Clent, who has them shot because he's losing the argument. Varga then shoots the sonic cannon at the base to try and stop him doing it again. Victoria throws a stink bomb in his face as the Doctor struggles to stop him hitting the button again. The moral this time is, never argue with your boss, especially when he's got a gun. Episode 6 Unable to stop Varga firing, Clint agrees to talk to him. Back at the base, scientist Redshirt tries to smash the computer as he doesn't trust it anymore. So, Miss Garrick shoots him. No idea if it was set to stun or kill though. Varga then turns up to talk and scientist Redshirt tries to shoot him. Ah, stun set him. Varga doesn't make the mistake though, and kills him. I think you can never tell in this show. Wanting the mercury isotopes that the doctor says they have, but they don't actually, he demands they shut the reactor down. Meanwhile, the doctor is sabotaging the sonic cannon to create a punch-yourself-in-the-head weapon and fires it. All the ice warriors start punching themselves in the head. He should have put it to the left of an unatorn setting. Annoyed at being made to punch themselves in the head, they smash the computer room up and return to the ship. Penley then smashes the computer as it won't let them fire the ionizer at the ship. And as the ship starts to explode, the ice warriors discover that, unlike assumed, they actually still have some power left. It's too late though, and it explodes anyway. And the doctor sneaks off while nobody is looking. The moral of this story is, Under Siege 2 was right, Assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. I've never seen Under Siege 2. You didn't have to, to I keep telling you all about it. <laughs> I want to see Half Past Dead though. Well I do, I think the title's enough. So the Ice Warriors, trapped by an avalanche for thousands of years. Frozen. Yes. Obviously the Marvel character that springs to mind is Ant-Man. Yes, he he got trapped for thousands of years in ice by Captain America. <laughs> he put a shield down on top of him, and then got frozen. Yep, that's what happened, Gav. I'm glad you understand that. No one does. It's 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 not very often mentioned in the Marvel universe, but it happened. Read, go back and read it. I will. 
Captain America 48, I believe it was. Was it 48? I thought I'm it was sure 7. I thought it was 7. Yeah. 47 or just 7? 47. It probably started in 47. It was a two-parter and finished in 8. You're right, it was, it was a two-parter, but it started in 7 and, and finished in 48. In between, mm-hmm. there was a dance number. I hate the way they numbered them back in them days. Or now. Sequentially. It's terrible. I think they should number comics as a series of, you know, like a, like a mathematical series. The Finn Benarchy sequence? No, Bernoulli. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know what that one is, but... No, no, you don't. Anyway, you'll find out more about that next week. So we used named by one of the uh, Team Smiley. The Ice yeah. Warriors. They just decided to call them Ice Warriors, and now mm. every one of them is called Ice Warriors for some reason. Why didn't we call them Ice Clowns? Ice Clowns? Yeah. Oh! Oh, thank you for reminding me about clowns. Have you seen in Northampton in England? No. I say England in case someone's listening from another country. That there is a... There's this guy just dressed as a clown loitering about and staring at people. <laughs> Excellent. The best part it's... is comments after these articles. Because you've got two sets of people. One set are like, so just leave him alone. Why Why are people hassling him? And then there's the other set. Oh, God, I don't have to say that. Anyway, there's the other set who are like, no, oh, I hate clowns. They're evil. People should shoot him. There's one, guy, extreme. there's one guy on, I think it was the Telegraph website, he put a comment on, and it was like an essay, and I couldn't work out for a while whether he was being serious. He was talking about the history of, of the fear of clowns, and why it's rational to be fear, afraid of clowns. Why it's not an irrational Did he just fear. copy and paste a Wikipedia article? I don't think so. That's the sad thing. Basically, someone replied afterwards. D- did he you- copy and paste his own... 20 page thesis that he did on for clowns yeah <laughs> he uh, someone replied afterwards I bet you're I bet you're a lot of fun at parties <laughs> especially if there's a clown book <laughs> no there's a clown book I you? am the clown oh you uh-huh. oh you hear is as he runs out the door <laughs> uh, yeah clowns so that's the end of this. No, no, wait, wait. Oh, wait, are we not doing the clown podcast yet? Not yet. Oh, I've gone mixed up again. Yeah, well, Gav, Doctor Who, there's going to be clowns. Candyman's a kind of clown, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had a smile. Did he have a smiley face? He was part of Team Smiley, yeah. But anyway, that's for a different thing. So, uh, yeah, the the ice boys in this that were very strange. They uh, they they constantly change their mind all the time within minutes of something, doing something. I mean the the give were, me give me three examples. Three examples, you said. <laughs> yes. Well, there were he was Varga talking to Vizondal. We call him Zon, whatever we call. Yeah, one of them was called Zondal because I kept thinking they were saying mm. Sontar. Mm. Sontar ha. Uh, that, that was the wrong point. They were talking about almost deciding to kill Victoria first and then decided, no, we will keep her as a hostage. Almost immediately. And first time the, he met Victoria, because all we want to do is go home. No, wait, wait a minute. We're going to invade Earth. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take over Earth instead. 
and uh, I think was it he was talking to the doctors that we don't need anybody else's help apart from can you answer these questions for me oh yes I remember that yes <laughs> <laughs> no was that another one as well another episode where it was like uh, we don't need we don't need the answer to these questions but first you must answer these questions <laughs> Was very, yeah, possible. Yes, it was. It was the one with, with the changing faceless one. It was the faceless ones. That terribly British person was like uh, questioning mm-hmm. Polly. He's like, Quite, asking her questions is useless. I will question her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Great thing about these, these ice warriors, mm-hmm. as they are known, Yes. Uh, they had Lego, you know, the Lego figures, the way their hands were. Yeah. That their hands were basically like that. Yeah. Yes, big Lego claw hands, yes. Yep. And they had Muppet mouths. Indeed. So, Lego hands, Muppet mouths, which is the title of my autobiography. And what's it about? Space. The first frontier. Yeah. Not the final Because No, it's not the final so one. You, people, you don't, you people, don't want to limit yourself, do people, you? People don't. You've got to leave it open for a sequel. Yeah. It makes money. I'm gonna want more, yeah. aren't I? I mean, what's, what's uh, yeah. See, that's where Star Trek went wrong. They didn't <laughs> leave it open for any sequels. <laughs> yeah, there's no sequels to Star Trek. I like their laughter. The laughter was amazing. It was a bit like Muttley. Waffles. <laughs> yeah, but it was more. It was just all the time after almost everything they said as well. It was just like, I will take you to the factory. <laughs> they didn't get a medal though, which was a bit disappointing. You don't know what I've got at the factory. I have a comfy chair. Are you writing a sequel? You don't mm-hmm. want to limit yourself. Because it's, it's only the first frontier. Although the whole whispering thing that they did makes a change from shouting villains, which is good, you know, because mm. it goes against type, which is nice. Although they, uh, although it's probably because they didn't want, to, they've already had an avalanche, so they didn't want to cause another one. <laughs> maybe, maybe they shouted all the time originally. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how they originally shout. Yeah. Well, we're not shouting again. I can tell you that. Because we're just going down the path down here. What's Brian doing? I don't know. Just shout back to him. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck! Right from now on, we're whispering and also laughing like this. No laughing out loud, whispering out loud. Laughing out whispering. Laughing out whispering. Just don't make noises. (laughs) Just don't make noises. (laughs) Damn it, another thousand years. They had a sonic Mm. cannon. It's no no atomic cannon, is it? No, who needs a sonic one? It's rubbish. As as we've decided, have we already found out atomic is where it's at? Yeah, but, but the sonic one kills people with pop music, I'm assuming. Yeah. The aforementioned Justin Bieber. Yes. And JLS. And One Direction. Yes. If you're going to die, it's going to be from One Direction. The downside is that is you're probably going to hear it yourself, or you have to load it up yourself as well. What, is it like a Spectrum 48K computer? Yes. You have to load it up with a tape and set the volume exactly right. Yep. Otherwise, it's not going to load. It takes forever to aim and fire. That's obviously the tuning bit. (laughs) <laughs> but yes it did take an extraordinary amount of time to uh, set up and aim at Vicky well, Victoria stay still, it's not you? Vicky it's Victoria 
well, you know, quickie Victoria. It's not a Julia mm. Andrews movie. Anyway. And there was a bit towards the end. With Captain Redshirt. With Captain Redshirt. Scientist Redshirt. Scientist Redshirt. Where obviously they'd killed him. I don't know. Where Mesgar had killed him or stunned him or yeah. something. Yeah. One of the two. We don't know. It's like uh, Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. <laughs> As is everybody in Doctor Who, yeah. <laughs> but, and then the Ice Warriors killed him and people were shocked. But it's like, you've already killed him. No, she didn't. She only stunned him. Or maybe they were shocked that he came back to life. How no, can you kill him? I already did that. They were pleased he came back to life and then the Ice Warriors killed him. So, you know, he haven't even lost anything. You haven't gained or lost anything. You're at uh, zero balance. Well, they have literally gained and lost something in an instant. They've lost. They've gained a rebel scientist and then lost him again. Yeah, but as people on quiz shows say, you know, I came here with nothing. I've left with nothing. I came here with nothing. I had forty-five <laughs> million pounds. I'm leaving <laughs> with forty-five thousand. I came here with nothing. I have. I had ninety percent of the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> now I have nothing. And now I'm walking away with £200. Bonus. <laughs> I'm, I'm a winner. No, you're a loser. Yes. You was, at one point in this half hour, the richest man in the world. Now you are not. <laughs> you have failed. You still have your job at work. You are rubbish. Mm. So on to a Clinton. Um, yeah. I didn't like how... Uh, he says he's, he's, he's had enough of experts with their crazy ideas as well. Obviously, he prefers his uh, uneducated people with all their facts or something. So you can prove anything with facts, Gav. Facts, schmacks. I know that's what facts are there for, proving things. But you know, he's, but how can how can you trust computers with their facts over experts and their? Depends who programmed the computer. Experts grow and also it depends who's watching the watch. Unless it was a couple of monkeys that just smashed on a keyboard. Just a couple, not an infinite amount. No, just a couple. It took an infinite amount of time. But it was just two of them. So they were slow and inaccurate is what you're saying? Yes, very. Private joke. <laughs> <laughs> Good moment early on when uh, he uh, he did the West Wing with did the West Wing with the doctor. Did they do a walk and talk? Yeah. Awesome. Did the walk and talk. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Was you, it Philip? You did. First time round you mentioned it. Oh, did I? <laughs> it was pretty much just after the first match. After after he solved the computer uh, explodey thing, he, uh, he he sort of walked off and does a doctor walk with me and we'll talk. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I can't remember exactly, but they did a walk and talk. And it was great. But yeah, back on uh, the previous thing as well, he, uh, is he a Cyberman? I would like to see a, a West Wing crossover with, with Doctor Who. That would be good, I think. With Doctor Who being the president, obviously. Or... You know, I really love to see like, a, just a, a legitimate advisor. crossover. Where the Doctor just... Did. Well, you know, in one of the episodes oh, yeah. of the recent series, he, he materialised in the, in the uh, White House. Hmm. You could just do that, but with the West Wing still going on in the back, or uh, going on, and then the Doctor appearing in the background, kind of thing. And just randomly walks into Josh or something. Yeah, I just want more West Wing. More West Wing's always good. Only had a way of watching more West. We started again recently. 
And then the companion, one of the companions, could sing the jackal. Is it, and is Clint a future Cyberman in the making? He he seems to have disregard for all human emotions. He, he says they're unreliable. Did he actually? Was he the person that started the Cyberman movement? Movement. Movement. <laughs> <The> movement. <laughs> is that like a cyber? Is that like a cyber cat movement? I hope so. But yeah, did he start the Cyberman your, race? Your, your mum's cat would be involved in that if it was. It would kill everything. Yeah, it has no emotions. Well, it has one. Kill <laughs> hatred. <laughs> they, they. Uh, when we're talking about Clint, we might as well talk about the other people in the uh, place. They had. Uh, they had stupid plastic, like perspex, sort of see-through plastic mm-hmm. hats or something. Yeah, sort of like sure a welding p- mask type it was like thing. A, it was like Google Glasses, but gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, welding mask. A welding mask that just went, went in upwards. a strip over your face, over the top of your head and down back. Yeah. It left the side of your head completely exposed. I noticed some of them had like equations on them or something, sometimes written on mm. or something. Maybe they were going to examine they were cheating. No. I don't know. I, I can't. It's possibly, not a good I, because I can't possibly comment about examiners in the future, whatever century mm. this was. But I wouldn't imagine they would be that stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Obviously, I am imagining that the examiners in the future will be computers. That's a good point. So they so, would be that stupid. So they might be that stupid. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's an Atari yeah. ST. Yeah. Don't know why I picked that one, but it just came to mind. You could have picked on... Electron, I could have picked on the Amiga. Dreamcast. I could have picked on Commodore, I could have picked on any of them. GameCube. No, no, PlayStation. no they're not real. No. no, they're not real computers. Game Gear. Just not a computer. DS. It's not a computer. Remember the DS? No, no one knows that. They're releasing a Game Boy type DS now. What? They're like what? releasing a DS, but it's like budget. I've not seen this. I can't remember what they're calling it though. Budget DS Game Boy. Thing. Something like two DS or something like that. I don't think it is mm. that, but something like that. Mm. Anywho. Yes, anywho. They also had. Uh, they also showed mm. whenever they went into the uh, wall of the. Yeah, the doctor and the companions went into the wall of the thing. The wall of the thing. Wall of the thing. Went the into complex the th- or whatever. Yeah. You, they, they saw the uh, they saw the houses, but it, it was quite obvious. It was just a photo. It's just a yeah. fo- <laughs> it's only a photo. That was a reference gun. But we didn't get to see much else of the uh, sitter. No, that was yeah, it. It was yeah. a, it was a photo. Yeah, you, 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 they went through the hatch. There's a massive city there, and we see. The inside of one house. Penley, so he's part of Team Beard. Yep, the science quitter. Yep, so Clint and Penley, I thought, were a lot like uh, Spock and McCoy from Star Trek. Mm. Off of off of the the only Star Trek that there was. Because that was the final one. Yeah, there wasn't any yeah. sequels. It's a bit like Final Fantasy, isn't it, Gav? Yep, a bit like that, there was only the one. Yeah, you're still going about it. So... <laughs> Penley was played by Peter Salas, who was in Last of the Summer Wine. I've heard his name before. And Wallace, off of Wallace and Gromit. 
Oh, is that him? I did not know. When I was moving, when I was moving, when I was moving here to Yorkshire from Ireland, when I left my job, two of the two of my friends in my job bought me a videotape. A videotape, mind you, not, and I didn't have a video at that time. But <laughs> it was a videotape. They knew this. It was a videotape of Last of the Summer Wine because I was moving to Yorkshire. There's no need for that. It's on repeat on gold anyway. Is it? Awesome. I don't know. It probably is. Apparently on the other beardo, what was his name? Uh, Store the Stupid. Store the Stupid. Yeah, they weren't a bickering married couple at all. (coughs) 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 Real cough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they weren't a gay couple at all, Mm. were they? No. No. No, No, they weren't. Oh, maybe the were, and it got written out. Oh, they, they, it, I think... I don't think they were written anything in, but they wrote it like that and didn't put anything in to... It was quite obvious. They weren't just friends. You think so? I think so. Okay. That's what I read into it. Okay. Did you read that into it? No, I did not read anything. I do not read. I just see. And then words appear in me. Yes, as we uh, we said on the other show. You know, sometimes you have trouble reading. Duh. I have trouble remembering. Well, we know that. Penley's beard looked like it was drawn on. Maybe it, it especially did in the second and third episode. Maybe he... <laughs> maybe he was part of Team Smiley, got envious of Team Beard and decided just to draw a beard on and become part of that. Or maybe it was to hide his smile. Did you want to hide your smile? He, he might have got accidentally drafted into Team Smiley. And he didn't want to be. What about Team Shelter? Or Team Shelter? <laughs> I'm taking this out now. It was a it was a, it was a drinking thing we did a while back where we went to commercial and it was Team Shelter and whatever the other team was. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh Penley also wrote notes on the Omega Factor. Yes. I didn't know he made notes on a Charlton Heston movie. I didn't know there was a Charlton Heston movie called Omega Factor. You didn't Factor. know there was a Charlton Heston movie at all? No. <laughs> he was in Wayne's World 2, you should know that. Nope. Wayne's World 2, where they had this and old guy doing these lines, and uh, Wayne was like, I, I know we're a low budget, but surely we get a better actor than this, and then they brought in Charlton Heston. Can't remember. Right, it's a good bit. It was a long time ago since I last watched it. Be interlude. Listening to Drunken Tangent, it's quarter past the hour. It's time for the Coors Light. Coors Light. That's uh, something about ice or something. Yes, there's there's a there's a mountain and then a cold activated ice indicator yes, that's thing it. on the. Basically, that's why. You see, Ice Warriors. But we couldn't find out else. Yes, we couldn't find out else. As Gav points out. Yes. So that's why we're drinking this. Is it beer? It's 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 uh, unoffensive, I would say. Inoffensive, one of those two. It's very light on taste. Yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't. Uh, I was I, w- I was when I took a drink of it the first time. I was just like, oh god, this is going to taste awful. But then I was like, oh right, it's no, it's. It's just not going to taste of anything. It's just a wet. No, it drink. tastes slightly or something. You know how water in homeopathy has a, mem- a distant memory of something. 
this this oh, this, this, this tastes like a distant flavor of something. <laughs> yes, yes, we are drinking homeopathic beer. <laughs> From now on, this and Budweiser are homeopathic beers. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, was it this week at work? I was talking to a guy, and uh, there's someone in the room who had a cold, and we were saying, I was saying to him, as long as you have a, you know, a positive attitude, you can try and stave off the cold, or you know, okay. mentally okay. try and get rid of it. Don't succumb to it. Basically, what I'm saying. Okay. And the other guy was like, "Yeah, that's why uh, homeopathy works." I'm like, "No, it isn't." <laughs> yes it is no it isn't no it doesn't work <laughs> so, I, so I wish I hadn't said that no. so so Gav uh, the big question then no, uh, is the this answer is no <laughs> sticker worthy what kind of sticker are we thinking of it's not worthy of our sticker I can tell you that much uh, ripping the sticker off this already <laughs> you, you could do the bit where it says beer on it <laughs> if I don't think it says it on it, does it? Uh, it's got to say beer somewhere. Yeah, it does. Oh, on Premium the back, yes. Beer, yeah. It says in the back in small writing. Please enjoy responsibly. I don't think I can enjoy it. I think the only thing I can do there is responsibly. Enjoy this. I'm not sure I can enjoy it responsibly. That's what I'm saying. The only thing I can do of those three words is responsibly. Oh, no, I can't do responsible. Well, this period you can. I'm, I'm likely to smack someone out, Edward. Yeah. It's more likely than enjoying it responsibly. Back to the episode story. Yes, the episode story. Hmm. It's a new one. The Doctor. Let's discuss him. Yes, let's. Uh, I like how he sneaks off while everyone's not looking. Yes, right at the very end. Right at the very end. Like the Lone Ranger. Yeah, everybody, everybody just turns around and, oh, look, he's gone. There's no sign off or anything. And he also says at one point, he almost says at one point that he's not human. Doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I didn't know notice that bit. You must take my word for it. You must! I, I, I will! You, you have supplied a good argument. Thank you. He also turns up and fixes things before people even know he's there. Yeah, it was quite good in this one. Take that, Sam Beckett. Yeah, he doesn't turn up and say, oh boy. He turns up and fixes things. Yeah, he's a fixer. At the start of the episode. (laughs) Not at the end. At the start. The rest of the episode becomes incredibly boring. (laughs) (laughs) Because what else is there to do once you fix things? (laughs) And another good bit that the Doctor did when he was writing on the floor. That whole scene. Yeah, it was a. Or it was making notes, try, uh, trying to work out the ionizer problem. Yes. Scattered paper all over, and and then he, he borrowed the pen or the pencil or thing and continued writing on the floor. That was a good scene as well. I was almost going to have it in my quote, but you've dismissed it as your quote. Yes. That okay. it it was one of my three choices, but I did not go with that one ultimately. I do like it when he's like scientific or deductive things like that. Yeah, he he did that a couple of times in this one. Yeah, he, yeah, he did like science things like mixing up a random chemical. But he he sort it to be fair to him, he did sort of deduce it from Mars's sort of environmental makeup and 
sort of assumed what they would be breathing and what would be toxic to them. But it, it was still in the end helpful that it would be toxic to them. But it, it just reminded me of uh, when uh, when Polly and uh, Ben just made up random uh, toxic oh, they, chemicals uh, to throw at the Cybermen. No, 10th Planet. 10th Planet, yeah. Out on DVD soon. Yeah, next month. Speaking of, this is out on DVD, this Ice Warriors thingy we're mm-hmm. talking about, this malarkey. It's out on DVD now. Yes, just come out. Just come out. So, watch it. Yes, we just managed to watch it ourselves, didn't we? Um, that, that does help when we're reviewing things. Complete with the two animated episodes. Yes, we did. For the two missing ones. We watched the reconstructions before. Which was nice. Which was nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Telling you what we thought at the end. But yes, the the Doctor, uh, I did like the the weapon that he sabotaged to make the uh, Ice Warriors punch themselves in the head. That was very fun. Not that they actually planned to punch themselves in the head, but that's what happened on screen. It was very amusing. It was amusing, wasn't it? It was amusing. Did you like it? I did like it, Gav. <laughs> if it pleases you, I liked it. It just amuses me that he's sort of that petty that it's sort of it's just like a, a six year old kid or something that only make him punch themselves in the head. He didn't do it to that. <laughs> that wasn't the reason. And it amuses me to think that he did that though. Right. I know he didn't. It, I just wish was, he did. <laughs> I can't remember why, but that's that's just what happened. No, it was just creating some sort of sonic feedback that reverberated they, in their helmets or something. They they did the sort of Punching themselves in the head, sort of pose that uh, Judy Haggerty did in Airplane whenever she was copying the other dancer on Saturday Night Fever type thing that stopped in the back. I will assume that that makes sense to the rest of the listeners. It will not make sense to any of the listeners. Okay. But it makes sense to me, and that's the most important thing. Excellent. Yeah, but why, why, when? You know, when the doctor went up to turn himself in as a prisoner. Yeah. He, and they just asked him, who are you? And he just stumped, face silent. Why, why didn't he just answer the question? I would tell you that. It's because the episode count was at about 24 minutes and they needed mm-hmm. a cliffhanger. Uh, it was either okay. that or literally um, hang off a cliff. But they kept that mm-hmm. for one of the later episodes. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep that one in the bank. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep that one, and we'll, and we'll use it for the seventh Doctor. And then when the eleventh Doctor's about, we'll recon why that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but why, when the Doctor first turned up, did he invent his cover story as being so like some sort of sanctifier, going around giving like religious texts the go ahead and things like that? Instead of just saying, I'm, I'm a scientist from somewhere else or something. Probably didn't know, want him to know he was a scientist, because then they would expect him to know things and shit. Even though he'd just solved all their computer problems. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that's something like that. It just seems like the worst cover story for somebody that's just done what he's done. No wonder he gave him a test. And told him he's going to go to Africa if he don't fail. <laughs> if he does fail, so. I was going to say something there, but then uh, we're talking about that later. Um, 
Yeah. Well, the whole thing with Penley that gave him the test and, and the doctor, their relationship felt like, you know, with the regulations and the doctor being a scientist, it just felt yeah. a bit like unit. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I can see with him, With him being the scientist and them trying to keep them in the red tape and everything, and he's like, no, I can't be bothered with that. I'm going to mm. do this. I'm going to actually do something, and you can just go and cry. <laughs> <laughs> And then at one point the doctor says, I'm a scientist, not a gladiator. But that, mm. that was like a year behind on the UK transmission of the uh, first Dr. McCoy. I'm a doctor, not a moon shuttle conductor or whatever it was. This is the third time don't, we've mentioned Star Trek. don't know what you're talking about. You know how Dr. McCoy in Star Trek? Yeah. Okay. You know how he, he one of his idioms is that he says, I'm a doctor, not a whatever. Oh, is it? That way, why you didn't get any of that. Ah, yeah. They even brought it back in the new movies. It's not something I took notice of. It's like, just a line like, somebody like, says. Like movies and TV generally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the line did not resonate with me, therefore I dismissed it. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you don't remember anything, because you just dismiss all the lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was deemed at the time to have no relevance, so it was gone. But yeah, I thought that was interesting that that, that happened. But obviously, mm. it wasn't before Star Trek. Fourth time we've mentioned Star Trek. Mm. Well, the uh, moving on to Jamie, the uh, scene in the vibrating chair was good. Was it? No. Yeah, where it was talking to Victoria, commenting on the the outfit of the uh, the girls. A bit pervy, that wasn't. It? it was, but it was sort of good. Was it a movie? Comedy ripper, ten uh, banter. Banter. It was good banter between them. Till I found it, out it what Jamie Veen. I found out what flanter was today. Flanter. Mm. What? What is it? Flirty banter. Is that just not flirty banter? Is not flirting just flirty banter anyway? Yeah, but you know, you need a new word for this. No, you don't. You Apparently don't need, you need new words. You for need things. a new word, and you need to destroy literally. <laughs> What you need is to change the meaning of existing words to mean the opposite of what it already means. So the words no longer mean anything. They mean nothing, nothing at all. Oh. Andy and Jamie got ambushed in a cave. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> We're taking that out. Yeah, I can't be bothered. There's really not much about Jamie. No, Jamie didn't get up to much. Yeah, I'm going I mean, to... the, the producers did say, didn't they, that they didn't have much to do for the girl and the boy in this one. Well, Victoria had a lot more to do. She, uh... Mm. She, she was held captive a lot of the time. She stood next to things to hide behind them. The producers called them the girl and the boy. <laughs> why, why aren't they just called... Why aren't they calling them Jamie and Victoria? Oh, there it is. I mean, Jamie's been there long enough, surely. They've learnt his name by now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <coughs> so, Victoria and her standing next to something, moving on, mm. on to... Uh, she doesn't like Africa, Gav. What's that about? I have no idea. It just comes out it of the was, blue. It was, it was just racism out of the blue, wasn't it? That started last episode as well. Didn't she have something against Africa on last episode? I remember there was something about... I don't know. There, were, there was something about she didn't know where they were. And she was like, it's India. And he was like, no, actually, it's Nepal. She, she criticised Jamie for not knowing where the Himalayas was. 
Sorry. Oh, yeah. Himalayas were. I do beg your pardon. Oh, yeah, that were it, yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't like... Uh, yeah, because it was... Yeah, long, yeah I mean, last episode, she, she said because she were on Himalaya, she didn't like India. She didn't say she didn't like India. She, she just thought she, they were in India. Yeah, she she thought but she thought she were in India, and, but she didn't like being there. I didn't think that. I, I, I thought she implied or said something that she wasn't too happy about being in India. But it was just, it was just weird because they were like, uh, if they if but they failed, out this, they weren't this, actually in India this anyway. thing, they'll have to go to a rehab, rehabilitation mm-hmm. centre in Africa. And she just was like, oh, oh no, no, not Africa. Just like, what? Yes. Where did I, that come I'm, from? I'm okay with rehab centre, but just don't take me to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with going like a billion miles away to another planet, but don't take me to Africa. Where did Slave Boy come from? From uh, Power of the Daleks. Slave Boy? Y- Yin Kamal. Evil of the Daleks. Evil of the Daleks. Oh, I can't. No, he was. Was he Turkish in that? Uh, yeah, he was Turkish, wasn't he? Yeah. I think. No, like she's fine with Sharky, apparently. I wonder if he was afraid of bumping into relatives or something. I don't know. Let's just decide she's useless and racist. Ice Warrior thought yes. she was useful at one point. She's a Victorian racist. And I was just like, <laughs> what? Really? She's useful? Yeah. She's. We well, seem to be criticising these companions a lot. She's. I don't. As a hostage. <laughs> well, that's what they yeah. asked for. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they were going to kill her, and they eventually decide she might be alright as a hostage then. And then the bit where, where she tried, they were try, she tried to escape. She had to be taken through each, each step by the doctor. And it was right, right. You have to cry now, and she did the worst crying ever. Because you know. And that, yeah, the whole that whole scene was just. I've no idea what they were trying to achieve or anything. It they just, were trying to escape, <laughs> and then they tried to put powder on the ice warriors. It it was it was a terribly written, terribly acted, terribly directed scene. So you like uh, that scene? No, it it was just it was just like it was improvised, and it was terrible. Miss Garrett was a bit trigger happy, isn't it? Only on that one occasion where she killed the guy, but then, didn't actually she, kill but him. She pulled a she pulled a gun on Penley as well. Don't forget. Well, she did, but she didn't fight because stole the stupid into paint. Store the stupid. <laughs> Sounds like a Viking. I'm only calling him what Penley called him. It, it possibly looked a bit like a Viking as well. So anyway, another uh, story with the the ionizer. Uh, they, they seem to like these weapon things that sort of controls localized weather and things because that's what they had on Moonbase thing, you know. Well, they're, 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 their graviton thing it sort of c- it controlled weather in a localised space down on Earth they seem to like doing this well they're both set in the future mm-hmm. so you know it might be in the same sort of time period well there is a bit of a theme going on I wonder if the next episode brings anything uh, to do with controlling the weather or anything no? I don't we'll think so out. we will indeed find out as or, or, or in future episodes it's bound to be another mm-hmm. episode where they control the weather. Bound to be. The science behind it was fun, though. <laughs> well, the computer dealt with that, didn't it? Yes. So, yeah, the computer, as you say, dealt with that. 
It made, uh, apparently it made civilization efficient. Apparently. How did it make it efficient? And anyway, was was this after the humans screwed it up? Maybe, maybe it made efficient by screwing the planet up so that there were less humans to screw mm. things up. And anyway, if the humans screwed it up, would that did they then build the computer to fix it from? And then why couldn't the humans do that anyway? They sure like them in computers, though, don't they? Yes, they love computers. They, you know, they obviously built this computer called, I don't know, Skynet or something like that. And uh, I wish they, they wanted it to... So it's an evil computer because at one point it was giving them orders that would just to delay its destruction. It wouldn't it wouldn't save anyone, but it would just because mm. they were going to die at any point. They were going to die at some yeah. point, but just it was going to keep it alive longer. Yeah. So it was an evil computer. Yes. And it was changing the weather. Superman three is what I'm saying to you, Gav. Evil computer changing the weather. See where you're going with this. That's what it was. Superman. No, sorry, that's where you went. With it. <laughs> Bit slow on the uptake. That all we needed was Richard Pryor in this episode. <coughs> or or Jamie Jamie stealing all the half peas. Or a Shrek. Or 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 as you say. But a Richard a, a Richard Pryor would have been good. I would have been happy with a Richard Pryor. I watched a documentary about Richard Pryor the other night. What was it, man? It was about <laughs> Richard Pryor. <laughs> Which bit of Richard Pryor? His, his arm. It was about uh, his life and... It was about his life, his uh, comedy life, and then how he got uh, multiple sclerosis and then died. Although I do have one criticism of it. The Salender. It uh, glossed over the whole uh, Superman 3 part. And him appearing in this episode. Yes, didn't mention that at all. What was that about? Terrible. Should the highlight of his career? I thought so, but you know, you never know. So, was this the first time that the TARDIS did materialise as anything but upright? There are three times the TARDIS has appeared sideways that I know of. First, Castrovalva and the eleventh hour. It crashed in the eleventh hour. It didn't materialise, though, did it? Because it was flying over the city and everything and then crashed in the garden. Okay, twice. But it was sideways. Yes. Th- this was actually nearly upside down after it finished, wasn't it? This was sideways. And its doors opened outwards. Uh, yes, and its doors opened outwards. Do you want to know the other time the doors have opened outwards? When? Yes. Castrovelf. Nope. <laughs> Oh, that will have been 11,000. Yes. <laughs> a 50-50 chance. It only opens outwards when it's on its side. Not in the uh, in Castrovalva. Maybe maybe it turns into swing doors. You can open them anywhere. Sliding doors, that's what they should have. What was on the other night? Did you watch it? No. no. The only thing I, th- I can say about the TARDIS materialising sideways is poor swimming pool. Maybe it's got localised gravity. <laughs> Maybe there's no water in it. Uh, yeah, he, he ain't got a swim pool yet. How do you know that? Uh, he's not mentioned it. <laughs> he's, you're just, he's not installed it yet. You're just assuming, aren't you? Guys? Yes. And that is the... Mother of all folk. Thank you. One of the Ice Warriors, Varga, was played by Bernard Breslau. And you might know him as one of the people in Carry On movies. I also might not. He's the tall, bald guy from the Carry On movies. Do you want to talk about the Ice Age, Kev? 
what what besides its complete code rubbishness how oh, they get rid of all the uh, the plant life which means no more CO2 which is the exact opposite yeah because we're trying to grow more plants to get rid of the CO2 yeah. so there's more so the temperature decreases so surely if there's no plant life the temperature would go yeah, up. There's going to be an abundance of CO2 and rising global warming. Yeah, they're not even. They haven't thought that through. Mm. They got that completely wrong. And also, uh, this caused no spring as well. Apparently, spring's just defined by plants flowering now. I don't know. Winter is coming up. Excellent. You know, you're always whinging about the cold. Mm. Uh, I I ate everything. <laughs> Do you want do you want the up to date cave count, Gav? Go on, let's let's go with the counts. There's one more. One more cave. And now there are sixteen episodes, episodes with caves. Yes. How do you feel about that? I, I think we need more. You need more caves? Yes. Sixteen well, does not feel like enough. I'm sure they'll be coming up. So on to the quotes then, Gav. My quote is a scene between Penley and Clint where they're arguing about ideologies, really. Won't you listen thus? We obey the computer. We will wait. Wait? But that's suicide. The glacier's practically on top of us. We shall have time in hand. Yes, but if the doctor... If, Look, if the doctor doesn't contact you, then what hope is there? There is hope. Oh, don't be a fool, Kate. You're not a man, you're just a machine slave. Don't you spit your stupid liberty in my face, Penley. We know your kind of freedom. Freedom to run away from responsibilities, from service, from moral judgment. I may be a physical coward, Penley, but you're a coward in the mind. Well, at least I have a mind and not a transistorized junction box. I would act, but you daren't, and say so you're going to be destroyed along with your mechanical master. Thusly, I did listen to that. I appreciate your listening, thus. As long as you will thusly listen to mine. How, how does it go, Gav? Mine's uh, just an amusing scene with the Doctor where he's... Uh, Operating the chemical machine thingy. It's pretty much self-explanatory when you listen thusly. This is an automatic chemical dispenser, is it not? Yes. How does it work? Well, you uh, choose the category of the article <coughs> that you want by uh, indicating it on one of these little chaps here. Jolly good. And uh, now you dial the precise chemical formula that you want there. May I? There's something I need rather desperately. What's that? Water. Indeed. Thusly, I did listen. And thusly, I am pleased. <laughs> so, final thoughts? It's... Uh, I'm not sh- sure, man. <laughs> it, it was a bit too long. There was... I, I, I weren't sure of the ice warriors in this. There, there were... As an enemy, they, they kept changing their mind and doing things that just seemed a bit... There was just so many inconsistencies with this one. It weren't a tight script. 
I, I like this one. I thought it was a tight script. I, I liked okay. I liked I like Clint and I like Penley. You know, they had differing ideologies, but I still like them both. Uh, I like the juxtaposition of the Ice Warriors whispering and using sonic technology. Although Jamie and the Doctor were split up for far too much of the uh, the whole thing for my liking. But yeah, it was quite good. I mean, I didn't. There was no too dislike it or anything. But, you know, I the, would recommend it. There were just too many niggling things for me to set it apart as a really good episode. It was just another episode for me. Imbalance. Well, I thought. Would you recommend it? Not particularly. Split decision. Mm. You'll have to make up your own minds. Uh, no questions, but if you have any, drunkentimetravel at gmail.com. Probably give you that again. Next time I'm doing uh, Drunken Time Travel History on Ada Lovelace. And so to leave us, we have the quote of the episode, and... It isn't necessary to imagine the world ending in fire or ice. There are two other possibilities. One is paperwork, and the other is nostalgia. The okay. rank zappa. Indeed. So please validate our existence by rating, commenting, or liking us on iTunes or Facebook. Indeed. Happy sleep time, everyone. Happy sleep time.